This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another Pipeline podcast. Tim McMaster here along with MLB Pipeline's Jonathan Mayo, who is in Arizona making his Rounds to all the Cactus League camps. You've stopped in and talked to quite a few prospects along the way, Jonathan, and we will get to some of them, including Mackenzie Gore, Blake Rutherford, Hans Kraus, and Colton Welker, to name a few. Uh, today at Brewers Camp, I guess, we'll talk about that as well, but kind of news and notes before we get to uh, your Cactus League travels. A couple of big things stand out to me from the last week or so. Julio Pablo Martinez has agreed to a deal reportedly with the Texas Rangers uh, he was the number one international guy, and the Rangers, who missed out on Shohei Otani, used all their international money on this bonus. Uh, he's a 21-year-old. He's another player out of Cuba. Um, what you know? What is there we should know about him? Where does he fit into the prospect rankings? Uh, just fill us in. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, an incredibly toolsy outfielder. Uh, can do everything well. Uh, obviously, you'll have to see how it translates once he's here. Uh, that's always the big test, but he's the guy that fits right in uh, into our top 100, right around 70-ish. Uh, there's a kind of a grouping of outfielders that uh, uh, he's right in that, uh, right behind, and uh, obviously if he goes out and sort of plays up to the, the, the tools that we've seen on, on the reports that we've seen, then he, he has every chance to move up quickly and probably move through the system quickly. All right, so he will be uh, a guy to watch for sure and could move quickly and I think double-A maybe, a level where he could start at. Does that make sense? Um, I, I, would, I would think based on pure talent, you know, maybe they want to let him uh, build the foundation of success and start him a little bit lower but then have him move quickly. Uh, you know, some of it may depend on just how quickly he'll be able to be ready to go out and play, you know, whether it's right on opening day or a little bit after that. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, if he doesn't start at Double A, it's only because you know they want to kind of let him uh, roll more slowly into his pro career. The Rangers have historically been very successful on the international market, and they keep it up here with the signing of Martinez. All right. Uh, on a down note, Jose DeLeon for the Rays, uh, once really a highly touted top prospect with the Dodgers. Um, that prospect star had faded a little bit, and now he's going to have to go under Tommy John surgery. So first Brent Honeywell for the Rays, now Jose DeLeon, a tough spring for young Rays pitchers. Um, how much had things kind of faded as far as people's anticipation, expectations of what DeLeon would be able to do at the major league level, even before this injury? Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, you know, this was a guy who was once on our top 100 list, and uh, was down near the the end of uh, the end of the top 30, and now with the surgery, I believe he's been taken off uh, of the Rays' top 30. Now, in another system that wasn't quite as deep, he'd probably still be on there. But I think it shows just uh, how far his star has fallen. Um, uh, a real shame. I mean, he uh, such a great personality, a friend of the of the podcast, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, so you, you hate to see anything like that happen. And listen, people do come back from Tommy John's surgery, but he, you know he's already a few years into his career. Um, you know, I think he can come back, but you know, maybe when he comes back, it'll be as a reliever. It's just uh, you know he had kind of raced to the upper levels uh, with the Dodgers, and then uh, stalled out and just hadn't been able to make that that next jump uh, in terms of his, of his stuff and command playing at the highest level. And now he's got the long road uh, uh, of recovery and. You know, maybe he and Honeywell will be able to motivate each other through the rehab process. Yeah, I guess someone someone to go through it with for sure. That can always help. Uh, so your last stop in the Cactus League was today as you, uh, I think, head to the airport here uh, with the Brewers. Um, who'd you talk to with the Brewers? And that's obviously a team that, that a year ago was a lot more stacked as far as prospects go, but they've made some deals for some major league talent, so not quite the same level now. But how was Brewers camp? Uh, it was good. You know, it's still a it's still a solid system. It's not you know, it was number five on our top ten list a year ago at this time, and they're not in the top ten now. And that's ultimately because of the the Christian Yelich trade, uh, really uh, more than than anything else. But there is still some talent. You know, they did such a good job of rebuilding and restocking the system uh, over the previous couple of years that uh, not only is there good talent, but there's a lot of guys who could be counted on in 2018 should the need arise and uh, i ended up talking to mauricio dubon who you know probably his best chance of breaking in will be is maybe as a utility guy but he's a solid shortstop he's shown he can play uh, second base he can play some third yeah, he's even shown he can play the outfield and he, he he basically says i'm a baseball player you want me to play anywhere that's where i'll go especially if it helps me get up to the big leagues uh it's sort of claim to fame, you know, other than being a really good player and uh, he came over from the Red Sox in the Tyler Thornburg trade, uh, is that he is was born and raised in Honduras, came to the United States at age 15, lived with a host family, went to high school, and got drafted. So he would be the first born and raised Honduran to make it to the big leagues, and, and that's something that uh, he talks about and carries with a lot of pride. Yeah, that's cool stuff for sure. All right, before we get to your other travels and we hear from some of these players, uh, we want to take a second to tell you about Yahoo Fantasy Baseball. Spring training is in full swing, which means it's time to think about your fantasy drafts. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association five years in a row. And one reason why is the Yahoo Fantasy app. The app will help you get the expert advice and analysis you need to make moves like a big league GM and crush your league. You'll be able to draft, trade, and manage your team right from your phone. Sign up by downloading the Yahoo Fantasy app or going to yahoo.com backslash fantasy baseball. Yahoo Fantasy Baseball, the official fantasy game of Major League Baseball. All right, so let's go through some of your other travels. One of them was with the Padres and we talked about this a little bit last week. Mackenzie Gore is a guy, I think the way you put it, he's a guy that has been talked about a lot, but not talked to a whole lot. And you did get a chance to catch up with Mackenzie, sit down, and we're going to hear a little bit about that. Let's hear Mackenzie talking about making a jump and the leg kick that uh, that he has and where that all came from. The stuff kind of had a jump. Um, and then, you know, just little things like holding runners. And really the, the routine process got a lot better because I've never had to you know, just pitch and have a week off in between and learn how to what to do in between starts. Um, the leg kick. How'd that start? Where'd it come from? Uh, just I've just always had it. I was taught to, you know, you know, lift, turn, and show my 
hip pocket to the catcher and it just kind of turned into a big leg kick. I didn't try to do a big leg kick or anything. It just kind of happened. How many times have people over the years tried to get you to change it? Uh, not much. It's just we've always tried to repeat it. Uh, that was always my big thing is just try to repeat my delivery and and it's just kind of stuck with me. Because it cut, sort of flies in, in sort of opposition to that because that kind of leg kick you think would lend itself to getting out of sync yeah, right yeah. of whack. Yeah, and I do at times, but so does everybody. And it, it's really just natural. It's not like I'm trying to do a big leg kick or anything. All right, so good stuff from Gore. And obviously he talked about his stuff making a leap, and it is electric for sure, Jonathan. What stood out to you about talking to Gore? Uh, you know, I, I think more than anything, like I really wanted there to be a better story about the leg kick. Um, and, and, uh, you know, if there's not, there's not, he just started doing it and he's comfortable with it. And I, you know, he is very mature for how old he is. I think he has a very firm understanding of what he needs to do to have continued success. And I don't think anyone has any question that he's going to have that kind of success. And even though he's a high schooler, uh, it would not surprise uh, anyone, if he were to play across at least one level, uh, you know, we made a big deal last year about Forrest Whitley being a high schooler who made it to double A in his first full season. Clayton Kershaw is a guy who did that. Gore gets compared to Kershaw a lot just because of the electric stuff on the left side as a high schooler. Uh, could his stuff play in double A? Yeah, I, I could see it. Now, whether or not the Padres move him that quickly, that, that remains to be seen. Uh, but his stuff may be so good and he may be so dominant that he'll, he'll force their hand a little bit. Obviously, he's not the only guy in that Padres organization. They were number one in the rankings. Did you get to see a lot of that talent around the, the backfields, practice fields? Yeah, well, being here this early, uh, we do not have the benefit of uh, minor league games yet. I did see a bunch of interesting arms uh, throw bullpens. Uh, you know, got to see uh, even guys who were in big league camp, Fernando Tatis Jr., we talk a lot about and it has been the talk of the Cactus League in a lot of ways. Uh, did, did see him uh, really t- uh, take batting practice for, for a while, and uh, he's just a, an impressive physical being. Uh, you, you know, you hear always he's a pretty big, and then you see him, and then you realize he's 19, and it's hard not to be excited about the if and when. Uh, and then Luis Urias, of course, has been having a really good spring. It should surprise no one who ever listens to this podcast that he's hit. I mean, because that guy just hits. And I think he's going to force his way up to San Diego uh, maybe even faster than the Padres anticipated. Tatis Jr. has been a uh, consistent highlight reel as far as highlights go this spring, whether it be with the bat or he's also played great shortstop as well. Uh, I think he's kind of teasing those Padres fans about what's to come in a little bit, uh, and it seems like it won't be that long. All right, so you went to White Sox as well, and uh, you actually had a few National High School Invitational alums along your journey, one of them being Blake Rutherford of the White Sox, formerly, of course, with the Yankees, was traded last year. He talked a little bit to you about 2017, which was kind of a a struggle for him, but it seems like a struggle that he has embraced now and learned a lot from. So let's hear from Blake. 
Overall, I think it was a really good year for me just because I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what it takes. Um, I mean, towards the end of the season, I just, I mean, my body just wore down on me. It got a little tired, and uh, this year was a big thing with my trainer back home, just building a strong foundation and continuing to build on that. So when it comes down to the end of the season, I still feel strong and sturdy, uh, where last year, I mean, I was having a pretty good year, and then towards the end, it just, uh, body parts were achy here, achy there, and I mean, that's not an excuse. Everyone has that, but uh, it just kind of got to me. So this year, just mentally stronger, uh, physically more intact, and I think it's going to be a lot better year um, and continue to get stronger throughout the year just because of the base I have and the experience I have from last year. When you hit that wall, did you go, oh, that's what people were talking about? Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about it. it's hard, it's hard. And um, I mean, I was fortunate enough to have a pretty good first half season and I was having a pretty good year. And then, I mean, you just hit a wall and I mean, it's just hard and uh, you just got to be mentally be able to get through it. So, I mean, that's that's what it's going to take for this next year is just the mental part. It's, I just got to get uh, mentally stronger. And I worked a lot on that this offseason. I talked to a lot of uh, players, got to work out with Christian Yelich a lot. And, I mean, one of my good, one of my people I look up to now and uh, talk to a lot now and he, I mean, he just shed a lot of uh, experience and a lot of stuff that's going to help me going forward. All right, Jonathan. So it sounds like he took the struggles and he learned that, you know, to play 142 or 162 games, it's a grind and you got to prepare yourself for that. And he's ready to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny because we get, I don't know if we get greedy, but there's so many young players that come out right out of the draft at a high school and they perform all year. And when, when a guy doesn't, it, it's like, oh, well, what's wrong with him? And the same thing happened with Mickey Moniak, who he's very close friends with, and I, and I talked to him about uh, over the course of our interview. Uh, Moniak struggled even more, and, you know, their concerns about lack of strength. And Rutherford's a strong guy, but, you know, you can be told over and over and over again that it's a grind, the first full season's hard, and you're going to hit a wall. But until you hit the wall, you don't know what it's going to do to you, and you don't know how you're going to respond to it. So what I like from, from what Rutherford had to say is not only that he really worked hard to, to build up his body to withstand it, he has a better understanding and appreciation of what he needs to do from a mental strength standpoint to push through when he's not feeling his best because no one feels their best when you're playing that many games. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he does here in year two. You know, he's still pretty young. Uh, and uh, people get down on these guys sometimes a little too quickly in my in my estimation. And I would think being with the White Sox, he goes from an obviously a loaded Yankees minor league system to a loaded White Sox minor league system, but you look at the outfield in New York right now, and it seems like he's in the better spot for him personally. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's not thinking about that too much, uh, you know, because he's got to focus on just having a good full season. And then worrying about that, but yes, uh, the the outfield in New York isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so uh, it, it definitely is a benefit. And and you know he said because when you're with the Yankees, you kind of know trades can happen. Uh, he had heard some of the you know rumors and things like that, so he wasn't he wasn't completely blindsided. Even though that was the team that you know, drafted him and the only professional baseball he had known up until right now. All right, we mentioned the Rangers off the top and their work in the international market with the signing of Julio Pablo Martinez. You visited the system as well. Hans Kraus is a guy that they drafted last spring uh, out of the house high school ranks. And we got to know Kraus a little bit at the National High School Invitational last year. A fun guy to be around, kind of quirky, does some uh, 
crazy stuff on the mound, has a lot of energy, and that's what you got to talk to him about because, uh, and it was interesting to hear from him talk about it. He understands where is when is right to use it, when isn't. Let's hear from Kraus about his energy and antics. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I really loved about coming over here to Texas and um, I loved when they drafted me was when I first got here, one of the first things they told me was, I think actually Jace told me when I went to Arlington was, we are not going to take away who you are out on the mound. We're going to still let you do your Johnny Cueto shimmy. We're going to let you quick pitch and let, let you be who you want to be out on the mound. And obviously... I like I heard people talk and say like oh that stuff's like his antics and stuff aren't gonna fly in pro ball I and I totally agree with them like my fist pumps and all that energy I brought you can't be doing that stuff in rookie ball like that's not the place I I I know my place for that stuff like that was just how I responded every time like that's something you would do like game seven of the World Series you come in bases loaded and punch out the side or something right I know my I know my place to do right. it. Good stuff from Hans. And, Jonathan, I think maybe if there was a concern about Kraus coming out, it was that maybe he didn't have that grasp of the right time to do things. But he seemed in that interview, in that bit we just heard, uh, very mature, very understanding of, of when you can show that energy, when you can uh, pump that fist, and when it's better to just walk off the mound. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I was kind of pleasantly surprised. It's not that I thought he was – going to stare at me blankly or not have any idea of what I meant. Uh, but, you know, I had heard, you know, that some reports because of all the kind of wacky things that he does, the quick pitching and the, the Cueto shimmy and, and things like that, uh, that he, he didn't really sort of know what it meant to act professionally on the mound and that that was going to be a problem. And, and I got the sense, you know, from talking to him that he, he understands completely, uh, you know, that there is a difference from the high school and the pro game. And, and, you know, what he did in high school, he knows is not going to fly all the time. Not to mention the fact that, I mean, you're going you're to wear yourself out if every pitch you're going nuts over. You, you're just not going to make it through a full season. And uh, it looked like he was in, in great shape. Uh, I, I'm excited to see what, what he does. I think that uh, perhaps people sort of underestimated him because of some of those uh, wacky antics. Uh, I, I think he just likes to have a good time on the mound, and the Rangers are smart enough to not try to fix that. Uh, I'm sure they're keeping an eye to make sure it's, it's not a distraction to his teammates, or it's not perceived as him showing up anybody. Uh, you know, I think that uh, it, it's going to be a fun first full season for him. All right, so you also visited the Colorado Rockies, and they have a young third baseman, Colton Welker. And Colton Welker, a couple of years ago, actually, not long ago, as he's uh, just going to be, this is going to be his 20-year-old season, uh, graduated from Stoneman Douglas High School. Obviously, the tragedy that, that happened there uh, just a, not long ago at all. You got to talk to him about that and about how he's handled that, about his thoughts on it a little bit. So let's hear from Colton Welker. I was actually just, just finished here, and I uh, got, like, a news alert on my phone or saw it on Twitter or something, and I just did, like, a double take, like, is that Parkland? I mean, it's, like, a small town and beautiful area, and just I was just completely, you know, in shock and just in disbelief, honestly, that it would be there, you know. What have you, what have you done, you know, s since that happened just to, you know, stay connected to the community and also to 
to take care of your, yourself. I mean, it's yeah. a lot. You're not that far removed from being a high school student. There. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, reached out to, you know, we have a big group chat with my team, my coaches. Just reached out to, you know, love you guys, man. Hope everything's good. And uh, just, you know, just show my support everywhere, you know, social media, just posting stuff out there, just messaging the families that were affected, stuff like that. Just, you know, making them feel feel good. And I thought, you know, then we'll be doing that whole, you know, wearing the Douglas hat was super cool. I was a part of that. So that was special for me just to, to wear the hat again in that situation. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's probably an, an unfortunate thing for you to learn at such a young age that you have a platform where you can maybe help. Yeah. comfort people a little bit or put out some good words and things like that is that something that you, you've, you've kind of learned that's what I really wanted to use it as just like a you know just like a, a tool that you know people can look at and say oh that's like a really cool great story just to lift people up maybe just to I don't know lighten the spirits and just you know some you know happiness in a time that really hard to see happiness without getting you know political at all uh, how proud are you of the student body that have really stood up for what they believe believe in in the aftermath of this i think a lot of kids would just want to hide somewhere yeah. and they've really put themselves out there i mean i'm not surprised at all just the character of those kids they were you know come from great families great area so i wasn't surprised at all and it's, it's amazing what they're doing you know trying to you know fight the laws and and you know stand up for you know never trying to let that happen again so i mean i expected nothing less and they're doing a great job so jonathan you can tell just listening to that sound from welker um how much pride he has in his hometown in his high school and just the strength they've shown obviously it's a terrible terrible tragedy that you wouldn't want on any community um, but but he has some pride in that and, and you could definitely tell that that he's using that to to kind of help his own strength oh w- w- without question and uh, I couldn't help but come away impressed by Colt Welker I mean he is as you mentioned Tim a couple years removed from from being a student there, he's a young professional athlete being asked to talk about uh, a subject matter that you don't really want to have to, to delve into. Uh, you know, we, we go to all these spring training camps, and we want to find things not just strictly baseball-related to talk to these players so uh, people can get to know them, but this is never the kind of thing that we want to, to talk about. And, and I, I was just so impressed with his maturity and his ability to speak about it. Just as I've been incredibly impressed by uh, the, the students at Stoneman Douglas currently. And by the way, he's a really good baseball player, too. Uh, again, a really kid. He can play third. Uh, we talked about that. And the fact that Nolan Arnott was in Colorado. and So we did talk about the baseball stuff as well. Uh, but uh, obviously what he had to say uh, about the tragedy that uh, hit the modern uh, was at the forefront. And, of course, Anthony Rizzo, another player that uh, graduated from that same high school and got more attention after the, the tragedy. Uh, but Colton Welker, another one. And, um, uh, you know, our thoughts are with him and all of them, obviously. So, Jonathan, that's it for Arizona for you. Uh, when do you head to the Grapefruit League? Well, uh, I get to, to go home, uh, remind my family who I am for a little while, and then uh, I will make a quick stop in, in Palm Beach, and hit the four teams there, uh, and then jump over uh, to the West Coast and, and finish up uh, there before I join you in, in North Carolina for this year's National High School Invitation. Yeah, maybe a year from now we'll be talking about the guys that we get to see down in Cary, North Carolina this year. It's always a great tournament uh, and looking forward to it for sure. 
This has been the Pipeline Podcast. For Jonathan Mayo, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.